All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Rolling with the Winners, Episode 7. Um, so I figured out the other day, most podcasts do not make it past seven episodes. Uh, I guess that's like the average length that people last before they quit and give up and don't do it anymore. So here we are, Episode 7. Definitely going to be in Episode 8. So we are rolling. Literally, get it? Rolling. Rolling with the winners. Okay, bad joke. Um, but this week I am riding solo here. Um, I definitely enjoyed having my dad on last week and the fact that I didn't have to have him call in and we could just have a conversation around the mic. So I'm really hoping to have more episodes like that because I think it runs really smoothly, but it's tough not living in the same place as all the people I would like to have as guests. Um, but Anyways, this episode is going to be a little bit random. Uh, I decided this time to get some feedback from topics that were suggested on Instagram, so I'm going to throw a few of those out here today. Uh, I also wanted to make a point to talk about things that people want to hear about, you know, and I I will promise to give shout-outs when I talk about your question. Uh, So before I jump into those topics for today, you guys know I have to talk about Draymond Green. It's funny because Draymond's recent comments kind of feel like a response to my conversation with my dad last week about how Draymond complains about literally everything and gets away with it. Um, Apparently now his mom and his fiance, they basically sat him down and told him that he needs to work on keeping his emotions in check during the game. Um, And this quote here from Draymond, he said, Sometimes I'm not mindful and I'll get a tech and that will just kill the energy of our team. I've really been focused and locked in on that and I realized I got to a point where I was doing more crying than playing. I'm sure it was disgusting to watch because I felt disgusting playing that way. And then he went on to say, um, I understand that officials aren't perfect and I still have conversations with them when they miss a call, but it's uh, a completely different conversation. Um... So throughout this most recent series, I think Draymond's really been doing a good job of hyping up his teammates. He even mentioned that part of the reason he is changing his behavior on the court is because of his uh, son who has been watching. He said, uh, my son was shooting when he was playing basketball and flopping, and he said, you got to stop watching the NBA. Um, So that's kind of a summary of of the situation at hand here. I I have a lot of opinions on this, of course. Um, In one respect, I do appreciate the the self-awareness. Part part of me believes what he's saying because he is actually admitting that it was really annoying. Like he, he is saying it must have been really annoying. I'm annoyed thinking about what I was doing. Uh, So that is definitely self-aware to admit that because I don't think everyone would be able to uh, admit to themselves and admit to everyone uh, that they messed up. But the other part of me kind of wonders if he is speaking this way now because he has actually been playing incredibly well during these playoffs, especially as of recently um, in this most recent series against the Trailblazers. His stats were, were wild. Uh, game one, 12, 5, 10. Game two, 16, 7, and 10. Game three, 20, 12, and 13. And game four, 18, 11, and 14 to close out the sweep. Uh, I mean, those are some pretty impressive stats right there. And, you know, I, I'll say it's probably much easier to be positive and not complain when you are playing like that. Um, so I'm more interested to see how this carries over to next season. 
I think maybe he will change in some ways since he he does seem to be more self-aware making these statements. But the other part of me feels like it might just be his instinct to be a complainer and to go on the defensive every time a call is made against him. That is just instinctually what he does. Uh, So talk to me in one year from now and we'll see if he's been able to keep this mentality up because I'm not sure I fully 100% am buying into uh, what he is saying here. Um, so another thing I want to talk about is how lit the city of Cleveland is about to be for the next few years. Um, so this year, 2019, Cleveland is hosting the MLB All-Star Week. 2020, we have NCAA March Madness, I think the first two rounds. Um, most recently announced today, officially, Cleveland will be hosting the NFL Draft in 2021, and then lastly in 2022, Cleveland will be hosting the NBA All-Star Game. I mean, those are some major events, like back to back to back to back. Um, I'm excited. This is going to be so good for the city. I think they should probably start building some more buildings and hotels in order to, in order to just handle these kinds of crowds every year. I mean, this is some serious stuff. And, you know, I think I just hope that it's more well run and thought out than the Cavs championship parade, because that was a catastrophe in every way, trying to hold that many people in the city. Uh, it's not that big of a city, so um, I, I think, you know, that championship parade was a little more of a surprise to people, so at least stuff this stuff is planned a little further in advance, but really looking forward to the next few years of these events in the city, and hopefully the rest of the country will be able to see that Cleveland's not so bad after all. You know, we, we're pretty good. We got some fun stuff to do. Um. So the last thing I want to get into here before going into the questions is this whole Twitter debacle between Baker Mayfield, OBJ, and Colin Coward. Um, So I have a lot of opinions about Colin Coward, some good, some bad. He's always been a big Ohio State football guy, very supportive of Ohio State and also a pretty heavy LeBron James supporter. So in that respect, I like him. He also verbally dismantles the SEC every year, and I love to hear that. Love to hear people taking the SEC down, uh, giving the Big Ten some respect. Um, But what I don't like about him are his thoughts on Baker Mayfield. So he, he's been very critical of Baker for the last few years. And um, one time Baker actually even came on his show to kind of defend himself um, and give his side of things. So in some respect, I feel like players need to ignore the media a little more and not clap back so much. Like it is Colin Coward's job to give his opinion, to get clicks and bring in a different perspective Um from his point of view to things that are happening in the league. Like that is literally his job. And I think sometimes players do forget that. Um, Not everyone has to like you and not everyone is going to like you. And that's okay. Because, you know, if it were all rainbows and sunshine, it wouldn't be sports. We love sports for the competition and the disagreements and the picking one team or one person over another And it wouldn't be sports without that. Um, But in the same respect, I really don't understand what Colin's problem is with Baker Mayfield. So Baker went on a show, like I said, and stood up for himself. He he owned his mistakes, some of the personal 
some of the mistakes he's made in his personal life in the past. Um, and he has proven since that he can be an NFL quarterback, a good leader, a respectable guy. He hasn't had crazy off-the-field conflicts. You know, he's he's been focused on winning. He's made that clear, and he's proven it. So I don't really understand why Colin Coward insists on criticizing him the way he does. Um, he insisted before Baker was even in the league that he would have off-the-field issues, which he has had none of. So even after putting a couple W's on the board last season in his rookie year, he still insists that the Browns aren't going to win the division this year, and now he's thrown OBJ in the mix, um, saying that the Browns are going to be a, quote, dumpster fire this season. Um, Colin also insists from a source that OBJ hates Cleveland, and this is when Baker kind of clapped back and said, you know, just because you have a source, that doesn't mean anything. Like, anyone can just say, I have a source, and he told me this. Like, okay, good for you, dude. Um, and Baker was like, come ask OBJ himself if he likes it, you know. Like, screw this whole I have a source type stuff. Um, and then Colin posted this segment saying OBJ's career was basically the catch that incredible catch he had many years ago on his helmet, and then a bunch of nonsense and, you know, after after that, that his, his career hasn't been too much. Um, and he called Cleveland a flashy brochure full of chatter and talk. Uh, so now this is where OBJ stepped in and clapped back with maybe 10 tweets saying, hey man, you took this too far. He said that Colin was just using his name for clout and for ratings. So that's kind of the summary for what has happened for those of you who haven't really been following along super closely. Um, the media-player relationship is always fascinating because it feels like there's always been this fine line that you can't cross as a media personnel. You, ha you do have to have a certain level of respect for the athletes when you are criticizing them. Without them, you wouldn't have a job. So you have to have a certain level of reverence and respect for what they are doing um, on the field, on the court, whatever it may be, um, when you are criticizing and analyzing what they do. Uh, I, I do feel like I really understand both per perspectives on this because at the end of the day, everyone is just going out there trying to do their job. I think um, the media also needs to understand that you cannot just go and brutally attack an athlete, their character and their play, and expect them to just be cool with it. You might get some hate for that, and that can't surprise you. If I was a famous sports analyst, I would be just as critical of Kevin Durant and his decisions and everything he has done as I am now. Um, and if he wanted to be upset with me because of that, I would have to accept it. You know, not, not that Kevin Durant's ever going to know what my opinion is, but that's part of what comes with the business, and I think analysts forget that at times, that uh, what you say could have repercussions to it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see as this evolves throughout the season. I'm sure there will be more. I'm sure for clicks and for ratings, Colin is going to continue to talk about Baker, OBJ, and the Browns. Um, and I kind of hope that they just ignore him because – it's not going to help them. It's just going to frustrate them more. Um, and it's really just going to help Colin at the end of the day if they if they continue to clap back at that. But at the same time, like I said, I do understand where they're coming from. Okay, so now for the questions this week. 
the first question I got was from Evan, who I went to high school with. Um, he asked, will the Indians keep sucking and let the Twins win the division? Uh, so my answer is yes, the Indians will keep sucking, sucking and uh, let the Twins win the division. Um, so right now we're just about straddling the line of 500. Uh, so not awful, but could be better. But they are currently chilling at seven games back from the Twins, so that's not super solid. But the weird thing with baseball is that teams can go through aggressive slumps and the season is crazy long. So it really is too early to tell right now. We've been obviously battling some injuries, as most teams do, with Frankie and Kip. Um, They've both been battling some issues, which has been tough. Um, I don't know. It seems like we don't have the same pep this year, but like I always say with baseball, it is a long season, so we'll have to stay tuned. I'm not um, holding my breath, though. So next question is from Aaron, also known as Ron. Um, <laughs> we have uh, we've had many conversations about golf, and his question is, why do people hate Brooks Kepka? Um, so before I get into this, I actually want to say. I love Brooks Kepka. Um, I did double down with DJ in the PGA Championship last weekend, so obviously a little bummed about that, but I really think Kepka actually seems like a cool guy. Um, so I want to share some fun facts about him first so that you will think he is a cool guy too. Um, he made his high school golf team when he was in the sixth grade. Uh, I believe he grew up in Florida. Um, but it, that shows that this guy has, you know, a real natural born talent for the game. If that young of an age, he's playing already at a high school level. Um, he himself actually attests a huge part of his perspective in life to watching his mom beat breast cancer while he was in college. Um, and it kind of taught him that life is too short and you shouldn't really take yourself or anything too seriously. Um, also his girlfriend is beautiful, which is annoying. Uh, really good-looking couple, so maybe that's why people hate him. They're just jealous. Um, just kidding, but actually a lot of people do really have polarizing feelings about Kepka. A Golf Channel analyst recently said that, you know, obviously he's talented, but he was questioning whether he is tough enough or not. Um, and this analyst and many others also made comments about his weight fluctuation. Um, so Kepka, Kepka had responded to this analyst's comments without mentioning the analyst specifically by name. Um, and he was saying that, you know, he is tough and he's got trophies to prove that, that he can, you know, really grind it out when times are tough. Uh, with the comments about his weight, he said that, you know, when he lifts, people say he's too big to play golf. And then he loses weight and people say he's too small. So basically he just stopped caring what others said and he's going to do whatever makes him happy at the end of the day, which I think anyone can really respect that. You know, I think in life in general, the people who are criticized the most are the people who are the most comfortable in their own skin. I think Kepka likes who he is. He knows who he is. He's got a little chip on his shoulder. He's a good-looking guy. He's really, really good at golf. So people are going to be jealous and they're going to criticize because they don't know what else to do. Um, and he's not going to care because he's winning. Like, he's winning. <laughs> Big money tournaments. Um, 
This kind of goes back to the whole analysts need to understand that you can't just sit there and say that a guy isn't tough and expect him to not care. Say what you want and you have to accept the response or don't say anything at all. This analyst was, you know, kind of responding to Kepka's response. Um, and I don't know, it, it's kind of like you have to accept whatever Kepka wants to say back to you because you put those words out there into the universe. So you have to accept whatever comes back to you. Um, but, you know, either way, I think Kepka, you seem like a cool dude. Come on the pod sometime. I've heard you as a guest on a Barstool Sports podcast. So, you know, I think this is the next step up from that, actually. Not down, up for sure. Um, but actually, go listen to the episode of the Part of My Take podcast that Brooks Kepka is on. It was a few weeks ago. Um, I know that you aren't supposed to plug other podcasts on your own podcast, but if you don't like Kepka, you will finish the segment of that episode thinking he's a cool dude. Um, he was just kind of honest about golf not being a very exciting sport. He actually even said he would rather watch basketball. He doesn't really watch golf in his own time, which I thought was interesting because um, sometimes people think of golfers as very serious and intensely into their sport, and he kind of doesn't pay attention to it when he's not playing. Um, he was just very funny and honest in all of the podcasts, and I appreciated that. Um, and the the guys on the Part of My Take podcast actually coined him the Blake Bortles of the PGA Tour, which I love that. I think that's accurate and hilarious. Um but yeah, can you guys tell I have a major crush on Brooks Koepka? I've literally was going to talk about him for 10 seconds and now I've gone on and on. But I mean, like I said, he has a hot girlfriend, so not going to happen, but shoot your shot. Am I right? You know, <laughs> that's how you have to live your life. You just put it out there. But he also kind of seems like a guy who would probably try to ruin my life. But, you know, it's all good. Okay. Don't know what I'm saying now, so I'm done with this segment. <laughs> for the next question I got it was from my friend Maddie um she wanted to know my thoughts on pink or sparkly or girly jerseys or team sportswear um is this kind of a specific market or is it offensive uh, I like this question a lot so from a business perspective it's definitely smart to sell it because there are probably a lot of women who would only wear something sparkly and pink um, and not want to wear a jersey or t-shirt. But for me personally, I do not like that stuff. If I am going to a sports game, I am wearing a jersey or t-shirt. Um, I think my bigger issue with it is that the only options of what to buy in the girls and women's section are always pink and sparkly and bejeweled. And it's honestly, in my opinion, a little annoying because it does sort of perpetuate the, I guess, sexism in sports. Like, as a little girl, you should be able to buy a jersey in your size in the girl section and think it's okay that you like a jersey. Um, so I think it would be okay with it if it had a wider range in selection for girls and women. Like, I am cool with everyone wearing whatever they want, but it feels like they kind of force women into having, you know, only the pink and bejeweled options when sometimes they don't offer other stuff. And if they do, it's usually only a couple of options, um, which it, it's kind of annoying. Like they, they could really broaden the range of what they sell for women in sports gear. So I actually like this question a lot because the other thing I don't like is when people wear regular clothes to a sports game, like in the Southern schools for NCAA football games, when girls are wearing a dress, like show up in a jersey and shotgun a beer, respect the game. 
I don't like the whole dress thing. That's why I didn't go to a school in the South and I went to the Ohio State University. Thank you. Um, the last question I want to discuss is from my cousin Grace, which has, this question has inspired a new segment that I want to try to keep up with weekly for a while here called Important Things to Know When Crushing Brewskis in the Muni Lot. So if you don't know what the Muni Lot is, then you've literally never lived your life. Uh, for my non-Cleveland listeners, you should take a trip out to the Muni Lot. Um, the Muni lot is the major tailgating lot for Browns games. People have been, like I said, crushing brewskis there for decades. Um, it's kind of what I picture heaven to look like. I mean, it is a destination. You got to see it. Uh, it's a wonderful place. So the question I was given was, um, to give a rundown of the Browns, uh, to get everyone caught up before the season starts. So, I decided I'm going to give a little tidbit every episode leading up to the Brown season this year to get everyone hyped and also educated so that when you join a random table of flip cup in the muni lot, you can literally just spew knowledge out and people will be like, wow, you're you're a real Browns fan. Where did you get all of that knowledge? And then you're going to tell them the Rolling with the Winners podcast and you're going to tell them to listen to the podcast so that they can be educated like you. And it's going to be great and everyone's going to have a great time. Okay, so for this week on important things to know when you're crushing brewskis in the muni lot, I want to talk about the Browns draft pick, Grady Williams. First of all, have you ever heard a cooler nickname? I know it's a nickname and not his actual name. His actual name is Andreas, I think. Um, but if you get the nickname Grady when you are an infant, like that's when he got the nickname, then you know you are going to grow up to be an amazing, amazing bad man. Um, so during his time at LSU, he actually became the third player in SEC history since 2008 to lead the conference in both pass deflections and interceptions. Um, in 2018, he finished as a finalist for the Jim Thorpe Award as the nation's top defensive back. Um, also, side note on this, Jim Thorpe actually played Little League Baseball with my great-grandfather, um, the Cleveland Canton area has a very deep root, um, deep roots in sports, especially football. Obviously Canton was where this sport of football was born. Um, and my mom's side of the family grew up in Canton. So that is how these random stories and connections kind of happen for me, which is super cool, um, to think that my great grandpa was playing little league baseball with the great Jim Thorpe. Um, anyways, Greedy's pretty awesome. Uh, he very boldly said, I know one thing, that the Browns are going to win the Super Bowl this year. Um, you know, I love the excitement, but let's take a breather. Like, we just drafted you. Calm down. Um, but I think he's going to be a fun player, and I definitely hope to see him out there on the field this season. Um, fun Browns fact, though, to show you've really been around for years, and you aren't just a bandwagoner who has joined the Muni lot for the first time. Um, one time, the Browns made the playoffs with only four wins. So back in 1982, the NFL had a strike-shortened season, which led um, to the Browns uh, only playing nine games in total, um, and their record was four and five that year. So the Browns got in as a wild-card team, and they were actually one of four teams to ever make it to the playoffs with a losing record. Kind of a cool fact if you tell people 
They'll either be too drunk that they won't know what you're saying or they'll think you're really awesome. So just say it anyways. Um, all right. So that's all I have for you guys today. Please give me a quick review on uh, Apple Podcasts or a rating as well. It's super easy. It'll take you two seconds. I would really, really appreciate it. Um, Also, you could hit me with that follow on Spotify. And please tell your friends to listen to the podcast too if they are also looking for insight on crushing brewskis in downtown Cleveland before, during, and after Browns games. Or, you know, just any of the other random knowledge that I will give you. Uh, So thanks, everyone. Have a good one.